being messy and being honest about wherever I am in my own transformation, it actually inspires other people. And they do feel like they're not alone. And they do feel like they have permission to do that themselves. And it's transformed the work that I do with my clients when I can be real. And it doesn't mean that I'm irresponsible, right? I don't fall apart and make them responsible for my emotions or my baggage, right? But I am just real about where I'm sitting. And then I go and handle my own stuff, you know, (laughs) separately from them. With your safe place, right? right. Because you do, you have those safe places where you get to show up and process at that level, but you also then get to show up in your community, authentic and vulnerable. And that not only increases like what I think you said, you know, they feel like, oh, they can um, connect with me, but they trust you. You think it's the opposite. Like, oh, they're going to lose trust in me. They're going to think I'm not capable. But we actually really appreciate when we see, oh, that person can also struggle. Like, oh, okay. I'm Sonia Statman, and you're listening to Women in the Business Arena. Over the last 20 years, I've had the honor of working with thousands of women in business. During that time, I have been obsessed with finding a new way to operate business. One that eliminates hustle, supports ease, aligns with our values, and gives us a sustainable pathway to change the world. This podcast shares with you some of the lessons I've learned along the way. The conversations we have here are intimate, honest, and enlightening. It's like hanging out with friends who also happen to be pretty amazing business owners. Here we challenge what the world says business has to be to trailblaze a path of our own. Are you ready? Here we go. Hi, and welcome back to the Women in the Business Arena podcast. I'm so excited about this season. It's been really amazing because we're unpacking sort of this belief that I do a lot with in my work, which is really that growth is a removal process. I think it's so challenging because we're always in this world that we live in trying to add more stuff on our to-do list and add more strengths and add more of our genius and add more for us to be and more to do. But really growth in our businesses, in our lives, in our careers, it really comes down to removing things that no longer serve us and are no longer aligned. So I'm super excited to have Laura Shuk Guzman, my amazing co-host here with me today. And the growth tip that we're going to unpack is really, it's important to find a safe space to be yourself. And we're going to talk a lot of sort of, we're going to pull a lot of threads on that. But, you know, let's just start there. What do you think, Laura? Welcome. Thank you. So happy to be back in connection and conversation with you. And I'm really enjoying the way that we're approaching growth because I think it's a a unique or somewhat just a refreshing way to think about how do we move forward? How do we grow into the things that we want to become from a place of understanding what actually allows us to show up more ourselves or have more space to grow, right? It's like you can't necessarily grow into something if you don't have a safe space. 
I think this one feels very close to some of the work that I do with clients. You know, when people come into therapy, it's like, I want to grow. I want to move into new states of awareness, new states of being. Um, yet a lot of times they haven't experienced a lot of safe spaces, containers that really can help them do that work. Yes, same, right? And I think, you know, one of the things I often tell my clients who are healers and coaches and consultants and therapists is that one of the greatest gifts we give to our clients is actually just creating the space, right? Not even the work we do with them or the things we think we have to give them or the things we think we have to deliver, right? It's it's actually the safe space that is the biggest value. Yes. Yes. And I'm so glad that you remind the practitioners themselves and like and the coaches themselves, like this is the biggest gift. Cause I think that we also think, oh, we have to, you know, provide all the bells and whistles. We have to be able to, you know, have 500 certifications show up with all this wisdom and all this knowledge. And it's all about what we're going to share and teach. Yet we do learn in therapy, the power of resonance, the power of being with clients and creating a sense of safety, which can include like, oh, do I have a quiet space that I've set aside just for me to go into this? And then also like, is the person I'm connecting with or the people that are in this group setting or whatever that is, do I feel safe? Do I feel that I can show up as I am? Do I feel that I can exhale? I relax a little bit, right? My shoulders can kind of drop down from my ears a little bit because that's a sign that there's space to explore. And when we show up in a group or in a, just a one-on-one with someone and, and all of our defenses go up, right. And like everything gets really tight, then that's a sign that we're not feeling really safe enough to be ourselves or to be vulnerable. Yes. And, and I think that is a really, like one of the really important points I kind of want to pull on this thread today is It is about finding a safe space to show up as yourself, right? And one of the things that I feel like we're taught in business or taught in our careers or taught in the world and especially things like social media, we're taught that you should show up everywhere, right? You should show up fully as yourself everywhere. Well, this is not what we're saying because everywhere is not necessarily a safe space. Now, if you are really resilient, you've done all the work and you can go into unsafe spaces and show up, that's fantastic. But I think this expectation that we should be able to show up everywhere is unrealistic and dangerous. And I think that, you know, what we need to do is recognize that even if we just show up in a couple of spaces as ourselves, if we can find those few safe spaces to show up as ourselves, we strengthen that resilience inside of us. We strengthen our connection to ourself. We get more confident in ourself. And then maybe over time, we can expand those safe spaces. Mm, Absolutely. And it's interesting how it's sometimes difficult for us to give ourselves that permission to find the space. And I think as entrepreneurs, we're often picking up on that messaging, like go to your growth edge, get out of your comfort zone, like push, 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 right? It's just like that part of that hustle culture. That's just non-relenting, right? It's just like, go, go. And, and just, if you're feeling uncomfortable, just push through. And there is a time 
to be at that edge and push a little bit and to, to step out of your comfort zone and know that, oh, this is uncomfortable because you are trying something new. Yes, there's value to that. But I think that we spend too much time trying to be in that and not giving ourselves permission to be in a safe enough container to be comfortable and to be vulnerable. Like being in your comfort zone can be actually really nice for a change. Maybe it's just like a really safe group of people that you trust and you can open up and talk about wow, I want to grow in my business or I'm ready to try on this new thing, but all I hit is anxiety or I keep feeling I'm just going to fail. And like having the ability to speak in that container and know that people are going to invite that and are going to make it that help create that safe space and you're able to be vulnerable and just get really messy, right? Show up where we're not perfect. We're not polished. I think that that's something that women really, really, really crave. I mean, I know I have craved in so many times in my life when I'm doing something, I feel that I don't, I don't feel great about it. Like I'm not sure I'm doing it well. And I have a lot of questions. I want to show up in a place where I am met with, with people that are like, yes, you're doing great. Like this is hard. Let's talk about, let's be all in the mess together versus like showing up to a group where everyone's you know, air quotes here, perfect and polished. And they're like, let me show you how, like, I've got the magic answers. You know, it's like, I'm running from those types of conversations often when I'm really needing that safe space to land. Yes. And that's one of the things I talk a lot about in Worthy Women Collective, because, you know, I wanted to create a safe space where women could show up and be inarticulate, right? Like how much do we struggle with being inarticulate. Like most of us have had trauma from maybe the men in our lives or our bosses or, you know, people who when we try to convey something that's not fully put together, that we're not articulate with yet, right? We've been silenced. We've been shamed. We've been, uh, you know, forced to have to give something concrete. And I think that that has caused a lot of us to, to go quiet, right? When we're uncovering something, when we feel messy, when we don't feel like it's all together, But that's really where the juice is. When we can share the ways that we like have no conclusion, right? No like concrete structure, right? There's something magic that happens in that sharing that brings more clarity often or at least starts to separate what matters from what doesn't, right? Or what's real from what's not real. But where do we have very many safe spaces to do that? Mm, yes. Such a good point. Sort of that inarticulate aspect of it means that it's often not even fully verbalized and, you know, we haven't gotten it. We haven't actually, the awareness may still be dawning. I actually help, um, validate that and explain that to my clients at times because they will get frustrated when they're trying to explain to me, they're having an aha or moment in there, or they had it and then it's gone and they're, and they're apologizing. Oh, I lost it. And I'm like, That's a good sign, actually, though. When new consciousness is emerging, it will feel fuzzy and it will feel a little messy and it will feel a little like it's on the edges of your awareness and you're not quite sure. And we just get so frustrated sometimes with ourselves that we can't just pull it down and perfectly share it in this really articulate manner. Yet when that's showing up, 
just being really mindful, oh, okay, a new awareness is forming. It's emerging and it's forming. And then to your point, having a group or another person that like, like the worthy collective that you've created and like so much of the women who co-work community that I've created, we do those communities because we know it's hard to be a woman in certain business in the business arena. You know, we know that it's difficult. So it's like, come here in these spaces and show up with each other wherever you are, you know, and, and you see that invitation, like come as you are, come as you are. We've seen that a lot more, I think with COVID that people are saying like, you can just come as you are, you we're online. You don't have to be all dressed to the nines and all the different things. But I don't think we really sometimes mean it like we should mean. It's like, no, really come as you are unapologetically and be in this space. But I guess we're going to have to talk about, well, how do you even know then what is a safe space or how do you find those safe mm. spaces, right? Because yes. some of our listeners may be like, sign me up. But it's like, how do, <laughs> how do I know what that is when I just maybe go, come into the group, a, a new group or a new space for the first time? That's such a good question. And you know, I don't have all the answers for that. But I do think a group that states it, right, that, that talks about the intention of a safe space is really important. So, you know, sometimes people still might create a safe space and not talk about it or not, you know, create that sort of deliberate container or not communicate it. But I do think that is one way that you can look at it, right? There are places who do say we create a really safe space. We're very inclusive. We do not allow any kind of, you know, attacks or, um, you know, racism or so you can find these places that do state it in their rules and in their ideology. Mm -hmm. But I do think it then has to be practiced and enforced, right? And sometimes we can't know that until we're actually in it. Yeah. Yeah. Very true. So yeah, I think looking for groups that are stating it, being intentional, that's a good start. Because if it's not in their agreements, it's not up front, then, you know, it might be a little bit harder to know what their intentions are. Now you can also have groups that state that that's intention, their intention. Then when you get in there, you're like, oh, do they really, are they upholding that safety? Right. But it starts with at least there's awareness and there's intention. This is a safe space. This is what a safe space means to us. And the outline, you know, no hate speech, no bullying and those different types of things. And then I think it's like, for me, when I enter into a space, I'm looking to see if it's safe. I pay a lot of attention to the group norms. What is being encouraged? What What's the behavior that's there? You know, and I'll definitely be a little bit of like, if it's an online community, I'm definitely more of a lurker in the beginning. I don't get really engaged right away. I kind of will show up and then I watch and observe because what I'm looking for is I'm actually looking for that safe leadership from the leaders, from those people that are facilitating a group. Mm-hmm. I'm often looking to see like, well, how well are they holding their agreement, you know, and is it seem like most people are following those guidelines. And then I'm just like, what's the tone and how do people respond to each other? Are they coming with like, oh, let me, you know, give you the best solution or do they go with, you know, with more empathy and understanding and validation? So that's what I really look for is I don't join a, if I join something and there's all these solutions, oh yeah, well, I figured that out and this is how you do it. And uh, I'm out, you know, I'm looking for that person that those responses that are like, 
oh my goodness, I was just there. I completely understand what you're feeling. It's really, really hard to be in that place. And, you know, and sometimes they're just like, I'm there with you, right? And there's no solution. Or sometimes it's like, hey, you know, for me, I did X, Y, and Z and that helped, right? So that's kind of how like when I'm in a new community that might be something like online, that's what I'm doing is I'm like watching and listening for levels of empathy and validation and people being able to already show up um, without being polished. I love that. And, you know, it's funny in my group, one of the group rules is no advice giving, right? Mm. Because because of just like you said, we can't – if we're just offering advice and solutions and we're just listening to ourselves talk, we're not really listening. We're not really holding a space for someone else. And so deep listening is a practice I teach through my group because I don't want people giving someone advice. Sometimes that can feel so – sticky when we're in a place and we're working with other people in a group and we're just trying to share where we are and it feels really vulnerable. And then someone just comes in like an expert trying to tell us how to fix it. And we're like, no, that doesn't feel safe. That doesn't feel like you heard me. It doesn't feel like you can, you're can. you holding a space for me to kind of come up with my own solutions, to explore things. And so everything in my group around advice giving, it has to be consent. They have to ask permission to share something. And I think, what if we did that everywhere? What if every space was about consent to give advice, consent to talk, consent to, you know, offer something, right? Like, what if everything was about consent and we actually just really held a space for someone to talk and communicate and be, right? Not even talk, even if they don't want to talk. What if we just articulated a way for them to be, right? Absolutely. Yes. And it's just really interesting how quickly that like not having consent or people not listening or responding the, to boundaries. I mean, cause that's what that is too. It's like, so I guess I just name that it's one of the things I'm looking for is how well are they upholding boundaries and, um, you know, keeping those boundaries in place. Like if you're that psychologically safe leader, then you're like holding those boundaries and keeping your agreements. And then as like, an individual, it's really helpful when you know that I can put something out here and somebody is going to ask me first, you know, would you like some feedback? Would you mind if I, you know, gave you some ideas? I think that's, I definitely do that in my support groups. Often people come in thinking I'm in a support group situation. So I don't know if these people are just going to all try to give me advice or what, right? So we make it very clear that when you share that you can say, you know, that's, that's all I'd like to do is to just want to share. And, um, and then you can also say, I'd like to share and I'm open to feedback. And then you're letting people know, um, or somebody in the group can say, I have an idea. Are you open to my feedback? You know, and we're just like constantly just doing that, practicing that consent. It's, and it's really respectful because you're not, you're just saying like, are you open to that? You know, because somebody might say, I might be open to it later. But right now, I think I'm still processing my own feelings. So can we come back to that, right? And then that's safety and like understanding that we can honor our own processing in the in the time that we need with things. Because, you know, when we're thinking about safety, there's so many things. It's psychological, it's mental, it's emotional. There's a lot of different things that can create a sense of safety. And I think it's important for people to think about that for themselves what is it? Is it maybe emotional safety is even more important than like the 
the physical safety of the situation. It's like, oh, I'll, I'll feel physically safe as long as I'm emotionally connected, you know, or what are those different parameters, I guess, that you can kind of start to understand about yourself. Cause emotional safety for me is really important. Just like, do I see people honoring each other and respecting each other's emotions and there's clear boundaries and consent, right? Respect, right? Respect. Like, you know, and I think that's so, – so there's like these two kind of components we're talking about. One is a safe space. You know, the other is a safe space to be yourself, right? So it's like it's not just a safe space. There's lots of safe spaces that we can create. But it's also a safe space to fully be yourself and show up wherever you are. And I think those two components are really important. And the safe part is can only be determined by us, right? It's not – so I can tell you I have a safe space, but you have to be there and feel like it's safe for you. And so, you know, that's a really – that discernment and that exploration of – of honoring yourself, right? I think it's like this piece of giving yourself permission and honoring yourself to walk into a space and not have to share yourself right away and to find where the safe space and the edge is for you so that you actually feel safe. Because I do feel like, you know, as you were mentioning earlier, where we push, right? There's this like perturbation in self-development and business development and leadership development. There's this like idea of pushing past your comfort zone, like you were saying, and, and it's like this pushing. And so I think a lot of women in particular feel like it's not very safe to stay where we are or to stay in our comfort zone. Like, because we want to grow, we want to have a successful business, we want to have a successful career. Like, and so we think we have to you know, go past our safety, you know, go past our boundaries in order to, you know, get out of that comfort zone and make ourselves be successful. But it, it's actually, you know, counterproductive for success. Like, and this is what I think we we have to address is that, you know, when we're, when we have trauma, when there are very legitimate reasons that we don't feel safe, like, you know, I have sexual abuse and sexual, you know, assault in my background. Mm -hmm. There are very legitimate ways that I don't feel safe. And so, you know, I have to honor that safety or honor those experiences and not push myself too far outside of my comfort zone, but find a way to grow in a loving and compassionate way. And I think that's by initially just finding any safe space and showing up as yourself there. And through that practice, you're able to expand and keep expanding that comfort zone. But I think just recognizing that it's okay to give yourself permission not to believe something is safe that isn't safe to you. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And I think it's really important that we kind of, you know, tease, a, tease apart those points about everyone has their individual needs. And even for me, when I say like, I really need emotional connection and that creates safety, safety and can even be more important than physical. For me, what that means is that, of course, I need the basic physical safety. <laughs> like I'm not going to be, able, my nervous system won't relax if I'm having some sort of physical threat. But what I will notice is that sometimes I get physically a little bit um, anxious, like a little bit shaky. If I'm in a new situation, like I come into a new Zoom call with people I don't know, then I might feel like my heart rate goes up and like physically I might feel threatened. My nervous system is like, I don't know who these people are. Are we going to be safe? 
And so then I'm looking for like social engagement and I'm scanning, you know, and I'm like, oh, look, there's people, they seem all kind of like me. Look at them rushing around. Some of them are still trying to get their coffee like me. Oh, look, some of them have kids in the background like me. Oh, look, some of them (laughs) have laundry baskets. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) And it's like, as I start to see like, oh, everywhere all showing up as human beings and then someone connects or we put, you know, something in the chat and there's something very validating, right? That's an example of like, I will start to feel safe and connected because I'm socially engaging. I'm feeling emotionally connected. And then my body, I notice my body relaxes. And so I've stopped having that little inner shake and I get really, you know, more relaxed and calm. So ways in which like we notice, um, certain things shift. And then I have a teacher that says in your nervous system state creates your story So if you're really, really anxious and every time you get in a call, you think, I never can find a safe space, like I'm always anxious and then everything always looks scary, then it could be that the state of anxiety in your body creates a story that nobody's safe. And so you just kind of have to be curious and explore that a little bit. And maybe you use a little bit of breathing techniques and you like center yourself and you feel your feet and ground on the floor. And then you kind of have a little bit of a an open mind of like, I'm going to see if I can find one person's face who looks safe. Right. And then you come in aware and like taking care of the, the state of the nervous system so that your story is one of more engagement and connection. So it's really complex. Our little human body beings and this nervous system and everything that's like trying to keep us just emotionally and physically safe. But I think it starts with these conversations like you and I are having to bring awareness because are you just like forcing yourself into spaces? Are you judging yourself for not participating in certain spaces? Um, Are you always kind of like, I got to be at the edge and I've got to be in my comfort, you know, get out of my comfort zone. If you're doing that a lot, it's, I feel like it means that you're invalidating your experience. And I don't believe that growth can occur from a place of shame and invalidation. 100%. Growth does not occur through shame and invalidation. Just want to sit with that for a second. Yes. So important. Because we do, we shame ourselves, we invalidate ourselves, we, you know, put ourselves in environments where other people invalidate us. I mean, I can't tell you how many stories I've heard of, you know, women in working with other coaches or in coaching groups where they are being consistently invalidated. And that drives me crazy because, like, that is not a safe space. That's not okay, first of all, for anybody to do. If you have a coach or a mentor or a marketing person or anyone that you are looking for wisdom with and they are invalidating your feelings, your, you know, experiences, who you are naturally, like, being in your comfort zone, that is not a good environment. That's not a safe environment. And I think we have to say it. It's, you know, it's challenging and sad that we have to say it. But, you know, I have to say this to myself as well. I've put myself in plenty of unsafe environments in the biz- in my business. Like so many people I paid a lot of money to that were very unsafe environments that consistently invalidated my experiences. And, you know, I think it's really important that we state this very clearly, that that is not a space you need to stay in. You do not deserve it. That is not conducive for your growth you know, find a safe space where you can be yourself. And that is conducive for your growth. 
Yes. I'm so grateful for this conversation because it just reminds me again that these are the spaces that we need to seek out and that giving yourself permission to find them, be like, oh, oh, creating um, a safe space for others might be something that you do really well. And because I know you work with a lot of entrepreneurs that are also about supporting others. And so we want you to switch this around and think, and how am I creating a safe space for myself? How are the environments that I'm in, especially those that are supporting me in staying in the arena, those, you know, that are really about if I'm in business as a entrepreneur and I'm doing this work, I really need to feel supported. I really need to feel safe. Yeah. I'm just thinking about it right now of all the different, um, ripple effects, just the impact that this has on our life and in our business. It's really powerful. It is. And and I want to tease a different thread as well because, you know, part of that finding a safe space to be yourself is about having the opportunity to practice being messy, right? And we kind of touched on this in the beginning as well. And, you know, being inarticulate and being unformed and, you know, un... Well, like in the process of unraveling. And it really reminds me, I've been talking lately a lot about like, you know, metamorphosis and, you know, the the way that we actually do transformation because transformation is a very important part of my work. I know it's a very important part of your work, Laura, and many people's work that listen to us as well. And the thing about transformation is it's not tidy, right? And so you think about like, we talk about the butterfly and we put attention on the beautiful butterfly that transforms form from the caterpillar. But that process of metamorphosis is like the caterpillar dissolving itself, right? It literally digests <laughs> itself in that cocoon. Like it is messy and gooey and like unformed and painful. And that's real transformation. We're not transforming if it's all nightly, you know, neatly tied with a bow and we're all like, yes, this is great. I've transformed. It's wonderful, right? Transformation is freaking messy. And sometimes it might take a few days to transform something. Sometimes it might take years or decades to transform something. Like it it is not a, a linear process. And when you have a safe space to actually show up in the transformation, not already transformed, then how amazing is that? And how rare is it that we've experienced it? Even in safe spaces that I'm in, I still notice, and I still do this as well, we still feel like we shouldn't show up when we're messy and in transformation. Even though it might be a safe space, there's like something in our psychology that says, oh no, you know, just hide until you're transformed. (laughs) Oh yeah. Right? Absolutely. It's like, oh yeah, I'm in transformation, so I'm going to hide out. And then when I'm all like perfect and pretty again. I'm going to come back. I'm going to come out full force 2.0 version. Right. And it's, it's really interesting. And I think it's a very important point that just the nature of change and the nature of transition and transformation is that it's a messy one and it's going to look different for everyone. And it's, there's not, it's, it's, it's very nonlinear. A lot of the times it can be very cyclical, which can then can cause people to wonder why am I spinning in circles? Like, why am I not just emerging? I need the A to Z. Where's the Z? And, you know, I think it's just remembering that that is a part of the process. It's the process of birthing something new and creating. And, um, and I had a 
a friend of mine who's a mother, you know, that said that um, she was thankful to her birth experience because it gave her that reference point. She's like, well, I mean, you know, this is what it was like to push my kid out into the world. And that transition was so hard. And I didn't think that I was going to make it. And it was like, you know, you're, you're just a hot mess. And so eventually though, something beautiful emerges. And I think that it's putting that context and you don't have to be a mother to know this. We've all like been through something. I mean, honestly, life is just one big old <laughs> journey of transformation. And we have to struggle a lot from that little baby unit that we come into the world being to actually mm. grow into a, a full adult self and then make our way through all of these complex relationships that we have with one another. You know, it's it's not an easy thing to be human. And it's accepting the messiness. And I think that it's a little bit of a denial, a little bit of a coping mechanism, if you will, as humans, that we are trying to constantly um, dismiss the mess and like find the order, you know, find the order, find the symmetry, find the things. Um, But in reality, it's just a part of the human condition that we will grow, evolve, get really out of hand, get really messy, and then grow a little bit more. Chaos. (laughs) Yeah. And that's the norm. And this is like – this is I think what we really have to – that is the norm. Like we think the control and the, you know, the order is the norm and there's just these few messy components we have to go through now and then. Like messy is the norm. (laughs) And the controlling pieces is actually just an illusion. We never have order. <laughs> Not really. Not in business. I mean, I, like, let me just bust that illusion because I think, you know, in business or in our careers and leadership, in these places where we're, we're trying to perform, right, trying to change something, trying to have impact, trying to use our voice, we often think that those are the spaces that we have to like have it all put together, that we have to, you know, show up like as the norm, which we believe is controlled and ordered and – but that's not reality. And imagine what would happen if all of us as leaders showed up messy. Like I want to be there for that day. (laughs) Right? Right. Right. It's like a giant, like, wear your pajamas out everywhere and <laughs> yes. just be a hot mess. Um, but it it's, it is. It's very – and then I was going to say, like, one of the things, if you're wondering about this as a business leader or you have a company or a team, is that it is so powerful to show up with this message and to live it for your team, to, to just be transparent. Oh, we do it with our kids. Like, if I make a mistake – I own up that I just made a mistake, you know? Oh my goodness. Mommy was, wow. I was a little, I didn't have my coffee. I was running late. And so I should not have snapped at that car and said that word that I said in front of you that I tell you, you can't say, (laughs) (laughs) you know, it's like all the different things. Like you do, you're messy. You show up in front of people that you love. You're hoping to have a different impact on them or you're, you know, you're hoping to, to have this polished persona that you're showing up in the world. But the reality is that we are imperfect and it's okay to show that and to name it, that it's a part of the human condition. And so like with your team, you know, you set that stage. And I was telling a founder the other day, your team is going to do what they see you do, not what you say. And he's trying to make sure that there's a great culture around wellness and take care of yourself. And we don't want you burning out yet. He's got to do those things 
in front of them where he shares, yeah, I'm kind of reaching that this moment where I've got to take a break or I'm going to burn out, you know, and being able to be transparent with your teams in your employees or just your co-founders, you know, whoever you're working with, like really just be transparent with them because then everybody just feels, oh my goodness, it's not just me and we're all trying our best here. And when we as human beings have more space to be safe and to grow a little bit, that actually brings about much faster transformation, you know, because we have that safety to just be ourselves and let that process happen as it needs to unfold, as it needs to happen. So I think it's so, so misunderstood, right? In our society of like order and perfection and getting it done. Yes. It's like one of those skills that you may never master, right? It's like, it's a practice. It's a practice to show up as you are and to to own the messiness. Like I'm constantly practicing it. And then I fall into trying to perfect or perform again, right? Like, cause it's so, it's so, it's the default. It's what we're taught to do. It's the norm, you know, it's all this illusion. And so, and then I go back to being really messy. I mean, my clients, you know, sometimes we're afraid to show up messy to our clients, but you know, my clients really do see <laughs> the, the amount of transformation. And the changes that happen, even within my group, like, you know, I'm constantly evolving things and realigning things and, and, you know, being messy in my own, you know, transformation in my own life. And, you know, that really scared me years ago to do that because I thought, oh, all my clients will leave me. All my clients will think I'm not worth listening to, right? That I'm, that they're, they wouldn't want to pay me. I don't have it all together. But what I found is actually being messy and being honest about wherever I am in my own transformation, it actually inspires other people. And they do feel like they're not alone. And they do feel like they have permission to do that themselves. And it's transformed the work that I do with my clients when I can be real. And it doesn't mean that I'm irresponsible, right? I don't fall apart and make them responsible for my emotions or my baggage, right? That's a whole nother thing that we don't have time to talk about today. But I am just real about where I'm sitting. And then I go and handle my own stuff, you know, <laughs> separately from them. With your safe place, right? right. Because you do, you have those safe places where you get to show up and process at that level, but you also then get to show up in your community, authentic and vulnerable. And that not only increases like what I think you said, you know, they feel like, oh, they can um, connect with me, but they trust you, right? It's like, I think trust is a big factor. Like you think it's the opposite. Like, oh, they're going to lose trust in me. They're going to think I'm not capable. But we actually really appreciate when we see, oh, that person can also struggle. Like, oh, okay. That that makes me feel a little bit better. I mean, I think I had someone tell me that, that oh, okay, you're a therapist. Oh, it was on a recent podcast interview I did where I shared some of my own challenges and, and just like around grief and loss. And then they said, oh, it's kind of interesting to hear you as a therapist, you still struggle. 
And I was like, <laughs> yeah, because we never stop being human like, and having emotions. I just happen to have some tips and tools um, that I teach others that I do have more um, at, in my tool belt. But I'm also going to have my vulnerable moments. I'm going to forget that I have those tools. I'm going to need a safe space to fall apart. And so, you know, just knowing that I think even just the more that you're holding space for others, it's even more important for your mental health that you have a space for yourself that's safe. And then also remembering that, yeah, when you make that mistake on the presentation or you have some sort of weird thing on your Zoom call, just laugh it off, be light about it and normalize it because then everyone that's watching is going to be like, oh, so it's okay for me to have that hiccup. It's okay for me (laughs) to like sometimes get the wrong slide in the wrong order. And just, you know, the more that you just make that a part of the human condition, we can all have a lot more self-compassion for ourselves. Yes. I have absolutely loved this conversation today, like a good reminder for myself as well. And just, yeah, it was just awesome. So thank you, Laura, for this great conversation. Thank you. And I think we'll wrap it up for today. So thank you all for listening and we'll see you next week. Did you enjoy today's show? It can be difficult to find a safe space to be ourselves, but this is so important for our growth. Being able to take off our identities, you know, not feeling like we have to perform and just showing up as our messy selves is incredibly powerful. And as we mentioned on the podcast, it takes a deliberately created safe space to do it. Now I created Worthy Women Collective as a safe space for women to be themselves. The women in there are real, vulnerable, and incredibly supportive. If you need that kind of space, be sure to head over to worthywomencollective.com for more information. Thanks so much for listening and take care of your beautiful self. See you next time.